0: Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Mayhem in the Mid South. It's going to be episode 11 Carolina's Weird Man. Now, the fella we're going to be talking about today. Name's Quincy Javon Allen. Now he lived in the state of South Carolina, and at the time of these events, July and August of 2002, he was staying in Columbia, South Carolina. Now once he gets started on his murderous spree, it's gonna branch out into the neighboring state of North Carolina. Now Quincy Quincy is what the FBI terms a serial killer. According to the FBI, a serial killer is a person that commits the unlawful killing of two or more victims by the same person in separate events. Now, you can find more complicated, long-winded definitions for a serial killer, but I like the FBI's version. It's short and to the point. Cuts out a lot of room for confusion. Now there have been some references to Quincy calling him a spree killer. Well, the reason that he would not be termed a spree killer, and again I go back to the FBI. The FBI says it's a spree killer. That's the person who kills two or more victims in one event that took place in two or more locations with no emotional cooling off period between the murders. In other words, a spree killer's gonna kill a victim and then while he or she is still enraged and upset They're going to immediately travel to the next location to kill another victim and so on and so forth. And they're going to do it quickly. There's not going to be any time to think about it.
1: As we're going
0: to see with old Quincy. Quincy never seemed to get in a hurry to do anything other than cause misery for anyone that had the misfortune to meet up with him, July seventh, two thousand two, about three a.m. in the morning. A fella named James White. He's a homeless man, fifty-one years of age. Now he's in Finley Park, which is in downtown Columbia. And he's laying there in one of the swinging benches that they used to have in the park. So Quincy, he comes across Mr. White, and he tells Mr. White to stand up. So Mr. White stands up. Quincy shoots him in the shoulder. Mr. White, obviously, he falls down and hollering about getting shot. Now, Mr. White's able to get back up and lay in the swing again, trying to tend to his wound. Quincy tells him to get back up again. So Mr. White stands back up Rithern in pain. Quincy shoots him again. Now, I don't know if Quincy ran out of out of shells or he was done with his target practice. Now I do know that Quincy had a sawed-off twelve-gauge shotgun, according to the reference information most of it coming from the South Carolina Supreme Court decision but I don't know what kind I don't know if it was a pump 12 gauge or an automatic I doubt it was a double barrel or a single shot because as we're going to see Quincy likes to shoot more than one time so if I had to bet a quarter, I'd say Quincy probably had found himself a pump shotgun to use. Now later on, Quincy's gonna tell the police that he'd just gotten a shotgun and he just couldn't wait to practice. He really didn't know how to shoot, number one, and number two, he just wanted to see what it felt like to shoot somebody. Now, Mr. White did survive the two gunshot wounds. He was able to get over to the hospital there in Columbia. Seven days later, it's July 10th, 2002, Quincy picks up a prostitute on Two Knotch Road near I 77. Her name is Dale Yvonne Hall. she's 45 years old. Now they go dead end of a cul-de-sac. off of Oakway Drive and before we get into the rest of the story I've got a quandary and the quandary is Oakway Drive stops and then picks up again on either side of Trenholm Trin Home Road extended. If I'm slaughtering that name, anyone from South Carolina that's listening to this episode can berate me in the comments section for not being able to pronounce it. But both sections of Oakway Drive run off of Oakcrest, which is just off of Two Notch Road. Now the description given on the location of the of what's going to be a homicide only says a dead end cul-de-sac near interstate 77 well both sections of oakway drive would fit that description now i'm going to designate the north side cul-de-sac as north and the one on the south side of Trenholm Road extended as the south side I'm thinking they, the homicide location is going to be on the north side and the only reason I say that is there is a house located very close to the what would be the south cul de off Oakway. Now, I can't tell from the house how long it's been there but it looks like the house has probably been there since 2002. Now if that's the case I seriously doubt the prostitute would direct Quincy to that dead end since that house is so close and the chances are good that the homeowners would probably call the police. So I'm gonna say that this Homicide is going to occur on what I'm calling the North side cul-de-sac and anybody from Columbia that's familiar with this case it, be sure and let me know in the comments if I'm wrong about which side trend home road extended the homicide occurred at now Quincy takes Miss Hall to the dead end of the cul-de-sac. He then pulls his sawed off shotgun on her. Now while she's begging for her life Quincy sticks the shotgun in her mouth and pulls the trigger. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen what a human being looks like when a shotgun's been discharged at point blank range at their head but it is very nasty to look at. I've only seen a couple of them but I don't want to see any more of them. She awful, also suffered gunshot wounds to the Leg and to the stomach. He shot her three times. So now after he's just shot her to pieces, Quincy drives to get some gas. Now the information I've found indicates it's either a truck stop or they just say somewhere where there's gas. He goes and buys some gas, comes back down to the cul-de-sac, douses Miss Hall's body with gasoline and he sets her on fire. Why? I have no idea. I don't know if he consummated a relationship with her before he killed her and he's worried about DNA or or what. I don't want to give Quincy too much credit because he is is not very intelligent. Now after he's done all this to Miss Hall he then drives to his work site, which is just a few blocks away. It's August eighth, two 2002, and what a shocker. Quincy gets into a disturbance with co-workers to Neil and Tiffany Todd he threatens Tiffany now Tiffany's 12 weeks pregnant and he says he's going to slap her so hard her baby would have a mark on it now I'm not sure why Tiffany didn't tell the manager and have the manager do something about it but instead she decides to call her boyfriend get him to come up there I can't even count the number of boyfriends that either got hurt or killed or hurt or killed somebody else defending the honor of their girlfriend. Well, her boyfriend comes up there, Brian Marquez. And he brings his buddy along, Jedidiah Har. Evidently they're Jedediah it's his car and he's driving and Brian rode up there with him now the manager throws him out of the restaurant And evidently, whatever happened, it, everybody must have thought it was over because Brian and die. they get in the car and they're leaving. Well, Quincy is not very good at resolving personal conflict. In fact, he doesn't seem to have any skill set other than murder. He gets a shotgun, of course out of his car and he cranks off around into the car into Jedediah's car now of course he's trying to shoot Brian Marquez well he misses and he hits Jedediah in the right side of the head the car they're in, it starts rolling down the, the hill, that road that runs in front of the, the restaurant there, it's it's an incline, so the car is rolling evidently uncontrollably since Jedediah's been hit. Now Brian, he jumps out of the car and he runs into that convenience store down there at the foot of the hill. I believe it was the next sign at the time this happened. Anyways, he runs in. Now the doors to get into the place are on the opposite side of the store from where Brian Marquez is running. So he has to run around the store and he goes inside. Now, there's a clerk in there, Roberta Harrison. Now, she hides Brian inside the store there somewhere. Well, it's not too much longer. Quincy comes rolling up into the store armed with that shotgun, and he's looking for Brian. Now, Miss Roberta, she... Tells Quincy when he asks, "Where's that a a fellow running this store? Where's he at?" She says, "Ain't nobody in this store." And you need to leave. For whatever reason, God must have been looking out for Miss Roberta because Quincy leaves the store. He doesn't try to hurt Roberta Harrison. Of course, now Quincy's not done. He goes over to Brian Marquez's house and he sets the front porch on fire. Then after that he goes and he sets fire to a female named Sarah Barnes. He sets her car on fire. Burns it up. She worked at Texas Roadhouse. Not really for sure what what she had done to aggravate Quincy. Now Jedediah Har, he dies as a result of that gunshot blast. Then the next day, Quincy, he's enraged now. Because then he sets fire to a, another fella's car. Now, allegedly, he didn't even know this fella. So, don't really know what this fella did to upset him. But that didn't stop him from setting his car on fire. It's now August 9th, 2002. Quincy evidently decides he's going to unwind a little bit, so he heads over to the Platinum Plus there in Columbia. And what a shocker, he gets into it with a patron and ends up in the parking lot. And Quincy pulls a shotgun. Doesn't shoot the fella, thankfully. Now, sometime right after that, Quincy decides that he needs to vacate the state of South Carolina for a little while, so he heads up north to the city of New York. It's now August 12, 2002, and Quincy is heading back to Columbia, South Carolina Now on the way back he stops in a small town there in North Carolina Dobson, North Carolina It's in Surrey County Well, he whips up to Sitco Station there goes inside and he shoots and kills the man that's working there at the station Richard Hawks 53 years old now after he's fatally shot Mr. Hawks Quincy's over there by the register, and he's getting him some money. Well, the fellow walks into the station there. He's going to get him some gas. And as soon as he gets through the front door... Quincy blasts him too, kills him. Robert Shane Roche was 29 years old. So now we got two men dead in the station. Now, Mr. Roche's 2002 Ford Explorer Red color ends up disappearing from the lot, so it's pretty well assumed at the time that whoever killed the two men in all likelihood stole the Explorer. August 14th, 2002. About 6.30 in the morning, Quincy has stopped at a rest area to take a little nap. Now that rest area is in Mitchell County, Texas. It's just a few miles down the road from Colorado City, Texas. So Texas authorities take him into custody. And he's extradited back to South Carolina. Now, there's something to keep in mind. That Quincy was in Virginia and Pennsylvania, and they know he was in New York. Now he ends up in Texas. So the question is, is, Makes you wonder how many other bodies are laying somewhere that Quincy's responsible for. Now, less than two years later, Quincy pleads uh, guilty to the North Carolina killings, and he's sentenced to life in prison. Now, he also pleads guilty to the South Carolina killings. Now, he told the police that when he was in federal custody for a auto theft, I'm sure, it was a carjacking. Either way, he said uh, there was a federal inmate that said Quincy could get him a job as a mafia hitman. Quincy got tired of waiting on the, a call to come to hire him, so he just decided he was going to go on a killing spree. Now, he said he would have killed more people if he'd had a handgun, but he was convicted felon, so he couldn't have a handgun, so a shotgun just had to do. Now, in South Carolina, he pled guilty to two counts of murder one count of assault and battery if intent to kill, one count of arson in the second degree, two counts of arson in the third degree, and one count of pointing and presenting a firearm. Now, Quincy got the death sentence for the murders, 20 years for the assault and battery, 25 years for the arson in the second degree. 10 years each, for the third degree arson charges and he got five years for the pointing and presenting a firearm now of course he appealed the uh, death sentences in south carolina and of course it's 2022 he's still alive taxpayers in south carolina are playing somewhere around three to four times more money to keep him on death row than they are if he was in general population and oh by the way since he's been in there him and another inmate stabbed a guard a prison guard